0: poppycock podcast with victor pacheco hello and welcome to poppycock podcast i'm your host victor pacheco and we're here today to talk about some poppycock we're here to talk about some nonsense but things that might stick to you i'm a stand-up comedian substitute teacher and overall hero and mentor uh positive male role model (laughs) i'm just kidding anybody that looks up to me is pretty much fucked but let me tell you um there is times in my life where i have to be the m- m- positive male role model to these kids that have no hope in the future then i come in and i'm supposed to be the source of inspiration and they're fucked okay because if i have to motivate your kids to be successful guess what's going to happen i I'm only going to be there from 8 o'clock in the morning until 3 p.m. And then I'm going home. And that's it. That, that That's done. I substitute teach. It's terrible because it's giving me perspective that I didn't have before. Uh, so now what I do, uh, well, nothing. I don't do shit anymore since uh, the shelter in place because of the pandemic with the COVID-19. Found out I'm not an essential worker. So I just collect unemployment, but they just cut the benefits because now the schools are reopening. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe returning to school with these kids that have trouble with social distancing way before even the pandemic was a thing, okay? Kids are restless. Kids don't want to stay in their seat for an hour, an hour and a half, and in some cases, two hours and 10 minutes. I have substitute taught at schools where they have three periods every day, Monday through Thursday. They're two hours and 10 minutes. And they have three periods a day, and then on Friday they have every class that's only an hour. And it's overwhelming, okay? These kids cannot stay in their seats. These kids cannot keep their hands to themselves. And now you want them to go back to school after being isolated for over four months? You think they're going to keep their little hands to themselves? They're not. They're gonna be they're gonna be roughhousing with their friends. They're gonna be tapping on the shoulders of girls that they like. And I'm just talking about the dickhead dudes. I'm not even talking about the girls that show up to school with their makeup kit ready to give all their classmates a makeover. You know, it's like I'm substitute teaching, and then this girl's giving another girl a, a makeover, and I'm just like, hey, this is not appropriate. Okay, this is a uh, U.S. history. OK, and this is not relevant to what's going on in class. And if a principal walks in right now, I guess it's going to look like an asshole. Me, because we're supposed to be doing history and you're here doing your makeup. So it looks like I am not competent. But at any rate, you try to explain to these kids important things like back in my day, back in my day. I'm 35 years old right now in 2020. OK, back in my day, if you were bad at math or you were bad at science, what you would do is you would befriend the smartest kid in the classroom and you would copy their work in order to understand the concept so you could study them and be ready by test time. Because you can't cheat during the test time, but you can prepare yourself for the test by copying somebody's answers. Now, that's how I used to do it so I could learn, you know, because I thought it was creepy meeting up with an adult as a kid. And that was me as a kid. You know what I mean? It's like I want to offer help, but, you know, it's, it's just hard. But. You know, times have changed dramatically, dude. Like, I I don't even know what the fuck to tell these kids anymore because, like, they want to be feeling validated. They want to feel like they matter. It's like, dude, that's your parents' job. That's not my job. It is your parents' job to make you feel like you're going to succeed in life and that if there's any obstacles, they will help you. Now, if you come to me for guidance, you are fucked. You're not going to get the help that you would from a parent, okay? I've gone out of my way all these years to not ski skirt into any actively ovulating ladies, okay? That's what I do. That's what I am good at. I am good at fucking up conversations. I am good at rolling joints. And I'm good at not having kids, okay? Okay? So it's fucked up that me as a teacher I gotta go into these situations I gotta help these people out and you know what I mean and 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 it sucks because that's my that's a temporary job day-to-day substitute teaching job and then I go to these schools with these teachers that will not get fired they cannot get fired because of tenure I don't know if you know what tenure is but after but tenure is something that teachers get that after two years of of of, 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 of port uh, of just demonstrating that they are not, terrible teachers they will join the teachers union and they will be part of this union that makes it almost impossible for them to get fired like for reals you have alcoholic teachers you got depressed teachers you got drug addicted teachers that don't give a shit about their lives, much less their students, and then I have to come in there and save the fucking day because your school district can't do shit about the teacher that you can't get out of there. And yes, these are controversial statements that are making, but they're true based on my experience in multiple school districts, different parts of the Bay Area, okay? You know snowflakes in the Bay Area? You know us who are the creme of the crop that have all the money from technology... Yeah, us. We are failing all these black and brown schools in the East Bay, South Bay, and anywhere where there's kids of color. Okay. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Mexican dude or I'm a big brown dude. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm okay. My treat for me as a substitute teacher is to go into a class where it's all advanced placement, college level. If you pass the test, the AP test at the end of the year in May, you will get college units for your efforts. Those type of students are the best because they're preparing for that test and they want to pass it because they want to go to university and they want to spend the least amount of money and the least amount of time there because they got their priorities correct. Those are the best students, okay? Then there's other times where I got to motivate students, To not use homophobic slurs. And this is my fucking podcast, so I'm just going to fucking say it. I have to remind black and brown kids not to use the word fag or faggot. Me, Victor Pacheco, a 35-year-old, 380-pound Mexican dude, has to tell little black and brown kids not to use the F word, okay? Because it's not cool. I have to remind these kids. You know what, guys? There has been a history of people just hating us black and brown people just because of our skin color. And we can't do anything about it. Now, there's people out there that be, they have a sexual orientation where they're attracted to a person who is the same gender as them. And you need to respect what they're going through because they're not doing anything to harm your life. Just how you being black or brown isn't harming the life of a, of, of, of a really racist, bigoted person. So you have to just think about that when you use the F word and they still say bad words. I've been called a fat faggot in class, okay? In class, at a high school, at a middle school. It's happened multiple times, okay? You can't tell these kids to not say these words and then expect immediate reactions as soon as you request them because you have no authority in their life as far as they're concerned even if the principal tells them personally hey but at any rate that's 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 just what's up that's just what's up with what i've been thinking about lately because i haven't been working in four months that means that i haven't been able to hustle or come up with like new like instances where i could help students and in most cases help myself by coming up with new material either for my stand-up or for my scripts That I'm currently working on and it's just like I want to help these kids but at the same time I don't want to go insane with trying to prove to myself that I can help these kids when they don't care about anything I mean look let's just keep it straight let's keep it real okay when I try to help kids I try to help kids in my own way okay like for example I substitute teach some classes where I cannot Teach the subject that I am covering, but my job as a day-to-day substitute teacher is to cover the subject that the teacher was going to cover that day. So if I am unaware of what the subject is, like for example, AP Calculus, AP Human Physiology, or anything in AP, like I cannot handle it. I cannot. I cannot do anything about it. So what do I do? I, I'm 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 honest with these kids. I'm like, hey, hey, listen. And it's not always these classes. The AP classes where I do this. It's usually like Algebra 2, Precalculus, Geometry, uh, Intermediate Biology, Intermediate Science. It's like, you know, introductory classes like that. I'll tell these kids, hey, listen up, guys. This is not my forte with subjects. So what I'm going to do right now is I am going to put up all of the answers right now on the whiteboard. I'm going to write them myself, me personally, onto the board. I'm going to write them myself. I want you guys to copy them. And then I want you guys to turn them in and then I am going to grade them and I will give you 100% if you copied everything that I wrote on the board. Mind you, I wrote all of the correct answers on the board. There's no trick questions. I'm not trying to fool them. There's no tomfoolery. There's nothing happening. I am really legitimately trying to help these kids. And what do they do? They don't even turn in the paper. They don't turn in the worksheet. They don't turn in anything. Half of them don't. And then so the half that do turn it in, only half of those kids, which is a quarter of the classroom, get 100%, and the rest of them couldn't even copy the correct answer off the board. And I'm not saying, oh, you're going to copy a whole graph or or, or anything. You're you're just copying a letter like 1B, 2C, 3F. It's multiple choice, and these kids still don't want to do it. How do you motivate kids who don't want to copy straight from – the teacher who's giving you the answers. How do you motivate those kids? What do you tell them? You can't tell them shit. You re- you really can't. You're just stuck. But, you know, I, I, I try my best. You know, I go in there with a good attitude. And sometimes the regular teachers resent me. Because I'm all happy go lucky and the kids they like me because I'm outgoing and I pop some jokes and I know how to joke with the kids. It's really easy to break in an audience with kids. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're a substitute teaching, you listen to this, you wanna know how to you wanna know how to reach the kids, I'll tell you how. You gotta you 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 gotta speak to those kids. You gotta just tell them, hi. In my case, I tell them, hi, I'm Mr. Pacheco, I'm a substitute teacher, I've been a substitute teacher for over 10 years. I live in Oakland. You guys don't care. And then they start laughing because they don't care. They don't care about my life story. They want me to just entertainment entertain them. But the joke's on them. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to just chill out. I'm going to just let them work. And then at the end, I'll give them the answers. Or if the teacher says don't give them the answers, I won't. I'll just collect the work. And I'll leave a note to the teacher letting them know that, hey, I collected all of the work and some students let me know that you were okay with them taking them home after I had already told them to turn in what they can, what they had already completed. So, you know, just to cover my basis, okay? A lot of people don't understand. A lot of students do not understand. That if they're just dicking around, having a good time, playing tag, slapping each other, slap boxing, pushing each other, fighting, doing anything like that, doing any, where they're out of their seats, they're doing each other's makeups, like I mentioned earlier. Guess what happens? Guess what happens when an administrator walks into the room? It looks like I am not doing my job. It looks like I am incompetent. It looks like I can't handle a course load, and that sucks, you know, because it bleeds onto the rest of my life, and it's just like. Why the fuck do you care so much? It's just like I care because it has negative because it has negatively impacted me in the following ways substitute teaching. Substitute when I substitute teach it, I'm always on my toes because these kids always want to get the worst out of me because these kids are always on their phones they always have access to record they want to get the next viral moment where their substitute teacher flips out or their substitute teacher does something violent or their substitute teacher says something that is so outlandish that they're going to get tons of views tons of likes tons of comments with people tagging their friends being like oh my god oh my god yeah look at that sub or look at that kid and blah 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 because these kids are so fucking dumb i'm not joking these kids are so fucking stupid they really think that them cracking wise cracks while they're in class like they think that after they crack a wise crack that some hollywood producer is going to walk into the classroom and just be like you smart ass kid over there you're perfect for this role i'm gonna make you a millionaire and i'm gonna make you famous and your life's gonna be great from now kid just keep up with those smart ass comics you little fuck i don't know if that's what they're thinking i don't know if my thoughts are gonna get me fired but that's the truth the places where i teach okay I teach in the East Bay, I teach at charter schools, I teach at public schools, I teach at independent schools, I teach at private schools. I got blacklisted from a private school in San Francisco and all girls school because somebody found my social media and reported me for being obscene. When in fact, when I was at school, the head of the performing arts department was giving me rave reviews about how excellent and effective of a teacher I am because I was teaching music I don't know music I can't read music but I can act like I'm in charge of, of young musicians and conduct them and lead them okay like with false bravado but they don't know that it's false because it's just elementary school and middle school and I'm working really hard and it's just like why why am I getting fired for working hard? Okay, I even connected because I I had I had I was a music teacher for the third through eighth grade students, and for, who were the, the that was the girls' school and then the boys' school. The, their teacher next door was an actual PhD with a degree in music or musicology, and like he was like a really really like I I, I looked up to him. I liked him a lot. I forgot his name, but. He was at the school, and he was, he was really good at what he did, and he was, like, well-dressed, well-spoken, African-American. He was a dream, man. He was really cool. He was listening to jazz a lot. I liked him a lot, and he gave me pointers as how to lead the class, and I told him I wasn't classically trained or trained at all, but I'm a stand-up comic. Please don't tell anybody that because the last thing you want to do when you're substitute teaching is tell them that you're a stand-up comic because then they're going to try to find some type of footage of you performing stand-up. And that is the last thing that you want kids to find because it's not always appropriate for class, okay? And I don't do appropriate for class type of stand up, okay? I do stand up that is relevant to me and the things that I go through and the things that I go through is from the vision of somebody who is scarred and has gone through a lot of shit. So I don't understand why I'm gonna pander to little kids. I'm not when I go to class and I'm at work, I keep it real. I keep it like it's me. Like 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 a professional. Like I wanna get recommended again. I wanna get the job again. I wanna help out people to make it look like I'm an influence and positive role model i need this shit so i could get more gigs all right as a teacher all right i don't go into class and tell these kids hey what do you guys think about this new joke or hey kids you guys want to check out this new video that i made or hey kids what's cracking i got these tickets for the show coming up let me give them to you and you give them to your parents okay i don't do any of that shit. i don't tell the kids that i'm a comic I don't do that okay? because I care about myself. I care about my well-being. I care about like how I'm perceived by administrators. And so when I lose the opportunity to make a living because of what is going on in my social media with my v- skits or my confessional videos or whatever I post, my content, that's my business. I don't bring that into school. When somebody finds that and then they bring it to the attention of administrators at the school that I'm working at, and then I actually lose capital because of that, it makes me feel like, you know what? I'm really trying right now to hold as many jobs as possible so I can make my American dream come true. If I'm working during the daytime as a substitute teacher and at nighttime as a stand-up comedian, and I need to make videos to go online to try to get people's attention so they could follow me, Uh, On Instagram or Facebook or or whatever, and and then they can maybe come to my shows and then actually believe in me and like become a fan. Like, I don't understand how what I do online reflects what I do in the classroom because what I do in the classroom, or at least what I was doing in that case of that private high, uh, private elementary school. I was showing documentaries on ABBA. I was showing documentaries on Ella Fitzgerald. I was talking about women power. I was talking about the influence of women and how great they are and, and what they have done to society. I'm trying to empower these little girls so they could grow up to be leaders. And then what the fuck happens? I get fucking fired because these kids can't shut the fuck up about how great their teacher is. That's what happens when you're fucking good. Everybody just wants to fucking look at you and be like that's a fucking guy that guy right there hey he might be a good effective teacher but look what he's not good at being appropriate on social media who gives a fuck okay and at the time when I was fired, I got fired because I posted a video where I played the role of myself watching porno. And I also played the role of the porn actress. And I just saying that the porno commercials that they're showing lately are really judgmental. This was a couple of years ago. He's like, there was literally, literally a porn star that would knock on the cell phone. Like this was the ad. It was like, Hey, you! Are you really watching porn by yourself? Like, I wanted to comment on that the first time I saw that because I'm just trying to jack off. I don't want to fucking see this woman who's naked judging me about the decision that I just made right now and it's relatable because a lot of people see those ads I never said that at school I would never say that at school especially in front of girls you know I have a 10 year old niece why the fuck would I do that but you know it's terrible it's that I got fired it was humiliating because I got fired and then a bunch of these kids added me on Instagram after I got fired. I fucked up at work because I was killing it with these kids. I was showing Mama Mia. I was showing The Wiz. I was showing documentaries on Ella Fitzgerald. It was like, dude, it was like super good times. People were, I even had students ask me, hey, can we sing? Of course you could sing. It's a music class. Let's play the ukulele. We did a lot of shit. I don't know how to play the ukulele. We did all this cool stuff in class. And like I was empowering these girls. And by but and by that I mean I was making I was telling them they were doing great, even if they didn't sound great on the ukulele or their voices were terrible. And I'm not gonna lie to you. There was this one girl in the classroom that was a competitive singer, and she would come out and she would sing, and it would be super annoying yeah and i couldn't tell hey listen miss you're a talented singer but i need you to really stop singing right now you're giving me anxiety, okay? Have you ever heard of panic attack disorder? I didn't hear about it until I met up with my psychiatrist in Walnut Creek, who I can't see anymore because I missed two appointments and now I owe him $300. So I can't get my clonopin anymore to help my anxiety. So, Miss, if you could please stop singing loudly. Okay? If you could just go with your tutor or, or whoever's helping you out, your recital coach, and just sing your high notes with them instead of trying to flex amongst your classmates who don't even like you, that would be great. Okay? But I'm going to tell you right now. Me personally, I don't want to hear you... Okay, I don't give a fuck, okay? Because we're in a fucking small-ass classroom, okay? Maybe if we're in an auditorium, but that's not the case, okay? And I'm supposed to inspire, but how am I supposed to motivate the entire classroom when we just have to listen to you? And then most of them aren't even clapping for you. Nobody clapped for you until I clapped first, okay? And I'm not calling you out. I'm not saying that you're a terrible singer. I'm just saying that you're selfish, and that it was unwarranted for you to sing like that in front of everybody, okay? People always talk about how kids are a blessing, kids are a miracle, you're wrong, okay? If you've never taught or substitute taught, you don't know what you're talking about, okay? Your daughter, your, your son, your niece, your nephew, your grandkid might be an angel by themselves, but as soon as they get into the mix with other kids, they turn into a wolf pack and yours, little sweetie pie turns into an asshole. Okay. Especially in front of an adult like me who they don't know. And in their minds, they don't have to respect because I am not quote their real teacher. I've heard that multiple times. I am not your real teacher. I don't have to listen to you by multiple students. Every single race, Every single school, whether it's elementary school, middle school, high school, private school, public school, charter school, independent school, any school, they'll think that you're a fool if you're not your regular teacher. It's fucked up, okay? (laughs) It's really fucked up. Like, uh, why don't people talk about this more often? I'll tell you why. Because they're scared of getting fucking fired. Not because of the pandemic. I don't give a fuck if I get fucking fired. What the fuck are you going to do? Say, oh, Victor, you can't be a teacher for pod learning. You can't go to somebody's backyard and teach five kids for $160 a day. Ha Victor, you're going to lose that opportunity to lose $160 a day for pod learning. Okay. In a fucking backyard. Come on, dude. There's social or distance learning happening right now, but people still want to have in person $160 for five kids for one day is not enough. Okay. Especially if I'm risking my health, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say, fuck your kid, but I'm going to say, fuck you. You need to be a better teacher for your kid. It's not my responsibility to teach your kid. For $160 for five of these little motherfuckers, how much extra for a fucking magic show? Really, how much do you want extra for me to do a fucking magic show for your kids in the backyard? And for even more money, I'll barbecue and I'll teach these kids how to cook, okay? But I'm a cultured Mexican. I'll make my steak medium or medium rare, okay? So don't worry about it. You will get... The most bang for your buck from Mr. Pacheco. That's right, okay. For reals, dude. Like I- I've been trying my hardest to be me this whole time, and it's hard to be me because when I'm me, people point out about how much of an asshole I am, and I'm not trying to be an asshole, especially when it comes to my professional life, whether it be. Substitute teaching or stand-up comedy? When it comes to stand-up comedy, I'm not even respected because uh, he screams his punchlines. I scream my like fucking punchlines. I'm a fucking loud-ass fucking Mexican. You could suck my spick dick. If you don't like what I fucking say, for reals. But no, for reals, dude. I- I'm fucking cool. I look li- I legitimately love stand-up comedy. I legitimately miss performing live in front of a live audience. I really miss that. Right now, the only thing I've been doing is virtual shows on Zoom, which have been cool. They've been way cooler than I anticipated. Some of them. Not all of them. Because some of the Zoom shows are fucking terrible. As in, um, there's no people in the audience Uh, The only people that are listening are other comedians that are waiting to go on and tell their horse shit, or you don't get paid anything significant for it. Or there's shows that do pay good, and by paying good, I mean they pay more than they would have paid when comedy was having in real life, and you would have to actually spend money to get to that show, and they're paying more money now than they were then, so that's fucking cool. But nobody is complaining about virtual shows, especially me. I'm just pointing it out because, look, I'm a stand-up comic. Some people actually have an attitude towards these virtual shows. Like, I'm not doing virtual shows. I'm not seeking out virtual shows. Like, pretty much what they're doing is they're waiting for actual live stand-up comedy to come back. But the truth is, if you're not doing virtual stand-up comedy shows, in my opinion, my personal opinion, I really feel it's because the comedian... Does ha- doesn't does have any type of confidence in their writing or they got no faith in their jokes or they know that their jokes suck or they're only capable of doing crowd work in order to get laughs. And I get that, you know, because you're in the moment when you do crowd work. I get that. But now when you're virtual and you're at home and everybody else is at home, guess what? You, you're doing crowd work to unsuspecting, People in the Zooms with the camera on, that's kind of fucked up because they're not prey. They're, this is like the thing that's stupid about virtual stand up comedy is that there's no risk. You know, if you say something fucked up, people will just leave the, the meeting as opposed to real life. They'll heckle you. They, they might throw something at you. They might threaten you. They might be waiting for you in the parking lot where the Zoom shows. There's no risk. There's no risk whatsoever. So some people think it's stupid. Like, oh, you can't get your ass beat after you say something? Then what the fuck fuck cares? Because, you know, for some people, it's more important to be shocking than it is to be funny. And I get that because some people watch Tosh.0 grew up with, like, this, like, shock humor where they feel that that's the niche, that's the spot that's going to get them into the inner circle of Hollywood. Like, they're going to join the Illuminati with that shit. But dude, let me tell you, it's it's a nonstop roller coaster with me. Like seriously. Like even recently, like recently, this is how small of a world the world is. Speaking about Zoom shows, I did a Zoom show like towards the beginning of the pandemic. It is now August eighth or ninth. Who gives a shit? It's a Saturday. But of 2020. It's during the pandemic. But dude, I did a I did a show like maybe like May? Probably May. May of this year just a few a couple months ago. and uh, one of the people who was watching the show added me and it turns out that her husband knows me from working at a school in East Oakland. I'm not gonna say which one, but when I found that out, I was like, okay, I'm definitely want to meet up with this dude if he knows me from work. Okay, so I talk to him, and like he remembers me, and I remember him. Okay, because like when I go to these schools, and somebody's outgoing, or somebody like really wants to help me, and somebody gives me their phone number, I remember them. I'm like, wow, this person wants to help me. That's cool. I remember this dude from a really fucked up school in East Oakland. I'm not gonna say which one for legal reasons. I don't want to give nobody shout out, especially this school, is they're fucked up. But I will say this. This is like a true story that really did happen. Like this guy that I know, I started talking to him because a school where I taught at in East Oakland, their entire school got banned from the Oakland Zoo because of their 10th graders. Okay. I'm talking to a school that is kindergarten through 12th grade. They have an elementary school side, they have a high school side. The high school side is grades 9 through 12. Elementary school is kindergarten through 8th. And because of the 10th graders and their behavior, they got kindergarten through 12th grade. 86 from the Oakland Zoo. Okay, these 10th graders caused a lot of problems. Okay, they were throwing. They were okay. They were showing their teeth and laughing at the monkeys after tolding after they were told not to. Um, they called the zookeeper a lot of derogatory words and told them they didn't have to listen to him. They ran away. They were hiding different. Places and even one of the students showed me video of them jumping into the tiger cage. I'm not joking. A kid showed me a video of him jumping into the tiger cage because, you know, the the kids all like, oh, okay, cool. But but you know, it's just like the school already knew about it and they didn't fucking do shit about it. But that's just one thing. That's just that's the tenth graders, okay? I did a stand up comedy show and the Castro was my first gay show at a gay bar with all these gay dudes, and I was like, dude, this is fucking different man you know i'm a big mexican dude i'm straight like it's fucking like like new for me entirely so i go to do this show and like as soon as i get off the bar at the castro i cross paths with these five muscular dudes they're sugar daddies they're not sugar daddies they're muscle daddies what's a muscle daddy victor a muscle daddy's the daddy that's got muscles Okay, and muscle daddies like to fuck fat guys like me because apparently I'm more cushion for the pushing. And I learned this because I asked as to why these good looking muscular dudes are checking a guy out like me. I wanted to know, I really did but they made me feel good. They made me feel really good. They boosted my self-esteem, made me feel like I matter. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude. These guys are rocking it." And that's even before I get to the show. You know, that's just the community right there. So, as soon as I get to the show, I introduce myself to the host. The host is this gay white guy, and the only thing that he's wearing is a black sat, it's just black leather belt with a metal ring in the middle so you could grab him, like he's your little bitch. I love that dude, man. I just met him. I was like, dude, we got to take a picture. We really do. I never see this shit before, so we got to just take a picture right now. So we took a picture. But instead of putting my arm around him like he's my homie, I just grabbed him by the ring like he owed me money. And I was like, pulled him towards me. He was like, ah. And, dude, that dude legitimately made me feel so fucking powerful and strong because as soon as I looked at the picture, I was like feeling super empowered. Because it looked like I owned a white slave. That or looked like I was some CEO that could afford some gay for pay, twink-looking dude that was super good-looking way out of my league. Like, this guy was looking fucking hot. It was fucking great. Like, I did this fucking show. It was awesome. It was great. I wanted to fucking have this fucking feeling go on forever. I wanted to get more gay fans. (sighs) And so I don't know what to offer gay dudes. I don't even know what to do anymore. You see, this was a lead into something that happened recently, okay? Recently. Recently. That's an old story, okay? These kids saw that picture that I put online of me with that gay guy holding him in there like he was my little bitch. And they said all these homophobic things about me. They said, like, who's who's bitch? Who's catching? Who's receiving? They were saying all this fucking homophobic shit that I didn't stand by. I was like, dude, I'm blocking all of you. So I blocked 22 kids in a conversation that I should have not been in, but that I got accidentally invited into. And so I deleted I'm sorry. I blocked all 22 of those kids. But before I did, one of them said, quote, I bet you he clapped them cheeks. As in, I bet you he had sex with them. I don't know if he was talking about the guy or me having sex with him or him having sex with me. But these kids are so young and ignorant. They got no idea how the world works because if they did, they would know I got no, I got no chance with this dude. I mean, this dude is hot. He's good looking. He cares about what he looks like. He's white. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes. If I were to make love to him, my credit score would go up. And these are fucking kids that I substitute taught. Okay? So I went out of my way to try to fuck all their moms. Because fuck all these kids getting into my fucking business. This is from the same school. These are 8th graders from the same school where 10th graders got their whole entire school banned from the Oakland Zoo. Okay? Like seriously, I have really legitimately thought about getting an internship at this East Oakland charter school in order for me to write a screenplay about the worst fucking kids that have ever existed in the history of mankind. I know a lot of fucking shit I shouldn't even fucking share, but I'm going to share it right now because it doesn't fucking matter. It's the end of the fucking world. Who cares? Look, the quality of teachers that exist right now are nothing compared to the teachers that we had 15 years ago. The teachers now, they're depressed. They feel neglected. They feel overlooked. They feel unappreciated. I come into contact with these people before school, at lunch, and then after school. They cannot understand how a person like me, who's so fat, can be so content. And how they can be in better shape than me have an actual degree, have an actual career, and be miserable. And it's messed up because I want to help these people, but I can't because I can't talk like how I normally talk at school or in a parking lot or in a teacher's lounge. And it's just like, what the fuck am I going to do, man? I want, I, I, do want to help these people out, but I can't. They're... they're <laughs> But for real, though, let's I'm getting off topic here. I I, I guess I'm really pissed off personally right now. I'm pissed off in August of 2020 because they're saying the schools are going to reopen and they're going to want teachers to go in there and teach these students. And I don't want to do that. I personally would rather retire from substitute teaching than to jeopardize my health. I'm at the point right now where I am going to teach students in China how to speak English online over me having to go to in person and teach anything and i have no qualms about teaching people in china how to speak english when i am a mexican-american and i have taught so many white kids how to speak spanish all these years okay i've had no qualms i do not feel like a race traitor i do not feel anything have uh, no guilt i don't feel like i'm like you know disrespecting my 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 forefathers and generations before me okay because when you take the role of a teacher you got to put pride down you got to just go out and help the people that you say you're going to help now if i tell people i'm going to teach them spanish i'm going to teach them spanish okay they're going to learn how to talk to people. They're going to learn how to ask for directions. They're going to learn how to interpret those directions. They're going to learn how to be funny. They're going to learn how to interact. Um, I wish I could teach kids how to buy the best, best food from taco trucks or restaurants by ordering a certain way in Spanish and having a certain charm or how to buy cocaine, which you can't teach kids that. You go to fucking jail, okay? But, you know, there's so many things that's that's going on. But, anyway, that's just two factions of my life. I barely stopped, talked about stand-up. People want to know what's up with stand-up. What's going on with stand-up during the fucking pandemic? I'll tell you what's going on. There's been a huge push from major comedy clubs all across America where they're pushing their A- class, first class, gold star, household name, celebrity comedians over anybody else. Because quite frankly, if you don't have T V credits right now, you ain't shit. That's the truth. Right now as a stand up comedian, if you wanna if you wanna like really stand out and you don't have any television credits and you haven't made a viral video where it's your face in there, you're kind of fucked. Or I'm kind of fucked. Or we're all kind of fucked. Or the people who meet that demographic are fucked. But, you know, you got to keep trying. You got to keep putting yourself out there. Because if you don't put yourself out there, no one's going to know you fucking exist. And I'm talking about all platforms, okay? And I'm not saying that you got to be a hack of all trades and try every single trade and fail miserably at it. What I'm saying is if stand-up comedy is your passion and you really want to help people... And by helping people, I mean helping yourself. (laughs) Because when you do stand-up, it's to help yourself out. Some people do it for ego. Some people do it for therapy. And some people do it for both. Or some people do it for therapy. And then after they have solved what they think are all of their problems, then it turns into ego. And it's fucked up because it changes people from how they used to be. It even changes how their comedy is because they're not the same person. They don't have the same values as they used to. And I'm not talking about famous people. I'm talking about people who I know locally in the San Francisco Bay Area comedy scene. But it's more of a it's more of a network than a community, I gotta tell you. Because if you're not in with certain clicks, then you're not gonna click with certain shows. <laughs> so that's just how it is. It's not just about being funny, it's about being popular. And if you're not popular Then who gives a fuck but here's the truth though everything i've said today i have been truthful i have not lied or tried to you know make a mole hair out of nothing like the shit i go through is real okay like when i go to school and i see kids crying that's fucking terrible when i see somebody after a stand-up comedy show that comes up comes up to me and tells me how funny I was and that they've been going through something terrible. It's usually that somebody died or they went through a breakup and they wanted to kill themselves. And then after seeing me, they they laughed so hard that they forgot about their troubles. Like That shit makes me feel better than any fucking money you could give me to do stand-up. And yeah, the money feels fucking good. But when somebody tells you that you have helped them think about anything but killing themselves that's something that gives me a lot of pride because you know what if you could distract somebody from something that they're thinking that is so horrible you actually have power you actually have the ability to change somebody's perspective in a positive way even if you're just talking about filth or if you're talking about what you go through or if you're talking about a story that that you've experienced you know the more that you communicate with other people, the more you realize how many similarities you have with them. That's why it's good to have conversation with people, not just people that you know, because then you keep talking about the same horse shit, the same people. You know, you need to talk about events. You need to talk about how things are changing, how you're changing, and not just changing, but evolving, because you should be wanting to evolve. All right? Like me personally, I don't think anybody I really don't think anybody out there like has it better than me. I think I I have a lot of good shit going on right now. But also I nobody knows what the fuck I'm going through, you know? I don't know what the fuck you're going through, but I know that through stand up that even if I talk about shit that doesn't have to do with politics and it gets your mind off of your shit, that's rewarding. That's super rewarding. I just want to fucking help myself to help you. It's crazy. I know. But Jesus fucking Christ, what are we going to do, guys? What are we going to do to make the society better, to make ourselves better? What what can we do? Be happy. You know? Thank God that you're alive. Or if you don't believe in God, thank yourself for making the right decisions and not... Killing yourself with decisions that might have caused a premature death, okay? And that's not always the case, because sometimes people die prematurely because of incidences where it's out of their control. And you know what? I'm not here to speculate on that. I'm here to talk about my experience, okay? All right. I don't think that I'm better than anybody. The only person that I think I'm better than is myself from the past. Because I'm better than that guy. I'm funnier than that guy. I have my shit more together than that guy. And I love myself more than that guy ever loved himself. And that's more important than anything else. It's just to be kind to yourself and always, always love yourself. Because you know what's going to happen in the end? If you don't love yourself, you're going to make a lot of toxic choices. And it's going to cause you to feel miserable and just get caught up in this endless cycle of depression. And it's happened to me. And I hope that it doesn't happen to you. And I hope that through my experience, you can learn to love yourself and not depend on people or substances to fill that void in your heart. Because for the longest, you know, I don't really talk about it, but fuck it, this is my podcast. Look, I was addicted to prescription pain pills, okay? Not just Vicodin. I'm talking about hydrocodone. You know, like the Norco's, the stronger ones, and then morphine sulfide and Oxycontin and Dilaudid and fentanyl patches and Exalgo to Opana. Look them up. So they don't even make some of those anymore because they were killing people so much at a high rate because they were that fucking strong. And so I took these pills when I was injured. I wish I would have had the foresight that I have now As a 35-year-old, because you know what? I would have done acupuncture, I would have done more physical training, and I would have avoided a life of trying to get fucked up for free on workers' compensation. Because when you get workers' compensation and you get doctor's appointments for free and you get name-brand medication for free, your whole perspective changes. Because living in a capitalistic society, when you yourself find something for free that you really like, guess what happens? It changes you. And it doesn't change you into a better person. It changes you into an addict. It changes you into a destructive person. And also right now, I just want to talk about this right now since I already mentioned it about me having my problems with prescription pain pills. I got off of prescription pain pills when my friend from middle school that I've known for over 20 years now sent me a prescription medication over the mail. She sent me Suboxin. Okay? Suboxone is meant as a maintenance medication, which means it's not meant to be taken forever, like diabetes medication. Once you get diagnosed with diabetes, you take diabetes medication forever. This is not what I'm talking about. Maintenance medication, like Suboxin, is something that you take, like listen, like you take, you stop taking all your pain pills, like Oxycontin, all right? You stop taking morphine, okay? Your body goes through withdrawals, and in order to help the withdrawals, What you can do is you can take Suboxone for a little bit of time to help you taper off some of the withdrawal so it isn't as excruciating. That does help. But what happens is that some people change all these pain pills into Suboxone and they just start taking Suboxone, Suboxone, Suboxone. But you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to stop taking Suboxone after like a week or two weeks and then you're supposed to quit cold turkey. Is it supposed to help you in the process? Now, because of how I talk, and I'm always talking about heroin and pain pills, I'm always getting suggested, sponsored Facebook advertisements for Suboxone, and I'm always greeted with all these ignorant fucking people that keep saying about how this is poison, you're just trading one medication for the other, and about how if you take Suboxone, you're a fucking loser, and this doesn't help, and this is witchcraft, this is snake oil salesman, this is a fucking scam, it's a hoax, and... It's fucking pissing me off because what you're pretty much saying is that, hey, if you take Suboxone, if you have the need to get off of a prescription pain pill or opioid or heroin, you don't deserve a second chance. And these people are righteous, stupid fucks. And I'm going to tell you something, man, or woman or whomever you are, what you identify as, dude. People deserve second chances. People deserve the right to live and people deserve the right to be happy. And sometimes the only happiness people have is taking opioids because there's so much physical pain. But sometimes that physical pain is so overwhelming you try to drown it out with those opioids and then those opioids start taking over you and you turn into a fucking zombie where you're half conscious and you are nodding out or passing out half the fucking time and then people don't want to associate with you because you steal money to get your fix and i understand that but these people deserve a second fucking chance they deserve to feel like happiness from not having to take these fucking drugs and the fact that there's people still debating this in comments really fucking pisses me off but you know what who gives who gives me the power to feel pissed off me so i'm working on myself i'm trying to make myself feel better by not arguing with these dumb fucks you know i wear a mask when i go out because I don't want to be ridiculed for not wearing a mask. I'm also wearing a mask because there's been scientific research that's proven that masks help. So I'm not out there to make this into a political issue. The only thing I'm out for is to help myself. I really do. That's the whole point of this fucking podcast is to discover what the fuck's going on with me and how that affects other people. Maybe I elicited a reaction from you that you didn't even know that you had based on what I said, or maybe you think I'm unorthodox, or maybe you think that I'm wrong with how I I teach or how I conduct comedy or how I think about how society works, you know? But my point is, please, if you have any... Type of feedback, whether positive or negative, or you have a comment or you wanted to add about your experience, you can go to my website, HispanicTitanic.com. You could send me a message there. You could go on my Instagram or Facebook at Puro Papi Pacheco and you can let me know what you're feeling. You could retweet this. You can do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, I just want you to know that I'm not perfect. I have been trying nonstop to make myself into a better person so I I can reach more people. And my voice is powerful. It's not right now, but maybe the future will be. But listen, guys, you guys have been really good listening so far. And this is the end of the first show. I really hope that you guys come back to another show where I talk about different shit. I love you guys and gals and non-binaries. You guys are great. Hope to hear from you soon.